Smart cast. Yeah. Um, I'm Sasha. I'm Marie. I'm a couple of mini bottles of wine in to this Smutcast. We are recording on the 4th of July today. We're going to... Happy birthday, America. Yeah. And my birthday was three days ago. Happy birthday, me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're just... uh, We're here to talk about some smut, Marie. And I think... um, I think we're reading it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think this definitely falls into... Although, I mean... That category... What we read, I don't think has been been particularly smutty. Really? No. I think it's pretty Except to Eden, there wasn't that much in there. It's weird because I think it's like, well, maybe I guess it depends on like what you consider kinky and what you don't. Am I well, learning no. something about you? No, it's not even that. There's there's like <laughs> right. there's no P and V. Okay, that's true. There's no like there's no there's no P's. Well, I guess there's kind of like compared to how quickly. So I guess I'll tell you guys the title of the book we're reading. We're reading Exit to Eden, who which is written by I have to pull up my my internet tab for this one. It is written by Technically uh, not Anne Rice. Technically <laughs> not Anne Rice. Uh Anne Ra- No, Anne Raquette is the other one. It's <laughs> written by Anne Rampling, which is one of Anne Rice's erotic pen names. Uh-huh. And so we're reading that, but in tandem to reading this, for some reason, Marie and I, for funsies, are yeah. also reading the other Anne Rice penned erotica, uh, the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. Technically written by Anne Rocolor. <laughs> Uh, but also we by Anne Rice. So it's all by Anne Rice, but I'm just saying that, like, Sleeping Beauty, the claiming of Sleeping Beauty, ramped up way faster oh than yeah it's like within the first few pages yeah I there's guess. some V in the first few pages yeah i feel like exit to eat it i'm still waiting for that na- i'm waiting for the nasty marine it is not coming and i i would say maybe that's why okay so like maybe like the reason why she has these different pen names uh-huh. maybe is like as an author is like okay i don't want to be too tied to my identity as ann rice and rambling and whatever so like she kind of has these different levels. So like Anne Rampling is like the middle, the middle ground. The mid- Anne Rice, yeah. Anne Rice is is G. Rampling. Well, I wouldn't say Anne Rice is G. <laughs> I well, wouldn't say that. You, okay. okay, so Anne Rice is R. You remember? Yeah, you remember yeah, no, reading no, sexy no, vampire I books. Remember sexy vampire books. But my thing is that she went with uh, when she went to all this trouble to have these erotic books and different pen names and everybody Which knew I don't know it was if it's her a lot of, like trouble everyone to do knew it. it was her so that's weird and then she goes like in the early 2000s she decides she's a christian author why yeah. didn't she use a pen name then because if i was ann rice and i wrote what ann rice wrote i would be like oh jesus is not down with this like i better right. use a pen name well, I mean, like, okay, so for that, I mean, it's like, I think, didn't, like, she got in a car accident or something? No, she or? had, like, she was in a diabetic coma or something. Right, okay, so, and like, then, and yeah. that's kind of, she had this religious awakening. She found awakening. God but, again or whatever. And then she, like, was like, you know what, I'm good, and then she went back to her yeah, pagan roots. Sleeping Beauty <laughs> book <third>. after <laughs> this, yeah. Uh-huh. Um... So I, I so I mean like I think maybe this it wasn't like thought out in that regard, but I guess maybe yeah I think probably just 
sort of like a compartmentalization of like, okay, this is how Anne Rice writes. This is how Anne Rampling will write. Well, I get it because she, at this point, I believe, uh, I'm pulling up her bibliography right now. I believe Vampire Chronicles, that all came first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there it was she went into the erotica stuff right well and then like I'm wondering like so we're looking at this from like our perspective in 2021 yeah if these things came out like oh Anne Rice writing as Anne Rampley or if this is kind of like after the fact to just kind of like cash in on be like hey you know what Anne Rice also wrote this so it's kind of like you know like mm-hmm. using the name for for clout well yeah and the other thing i have problems with is sleeping beauty came before exit to eden and to me that seems weird because exit to eden is such it's so literary i guess Mm. opposed to sleeping beauty like it's it's built and it's a long ass book and it has like all this backstory that we have to read whereas Mm -hmm. sleeping beauty isn't that and I think, I don't know right. why I think it's weird that Sleeping Beauty came first, but I just do. Because she wrote the first t- three Sleeping Beauty novels before she wrote Exit to Eden. Really? I thought she wrote the last in or Sleeping Beauty, like, there's semi-recent. Four, oh, there's four, four <gasps> Sleeping what? Beauties. I didn't Beauty's know there was a Kingdom one. was released in 2010, uh, 2015, sorry. Shit, do I have that one? Did I read all four? I know I definitely read three. I mean, I like Ooh. I like the 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 claiming of Sleeping Beauty, but it, it brought yeah. up a lot of questions. We're not reading it for the podcast mainly because it's too smutty for the podcast. <laughs> well, I, don't think, I don't think it's too smutty for the podcast. I just think there's a lot of historical questions that have yeah. to be asked, mm-hmm. and I don't have time to research shit like that, Marie. <laughs> One, I have a like like the claiming of Sleeping Beauty is happening during like fucking black plague times yeah everybody should be dead yeah i just she also was asleep for a hundred years so yeah. you kind of have to like suspend well, yeah, yeah, yeah. A whatever <laughs> it gets a little fantastical just saying i think we did exit to eden because neither marie nor myself has had read it so right. we thought this is it we're gonna read this this first not the first but like we're gonna read this Anne rice book so uh-huh. and then Fun fact, as I was reading it, I was like, holy shit, this kind of sounds like a familiar premise. And then I remembered <laughs> that I had seen the Exit to Eden movie in my childhood because I was left alone with a TV in my room and no parental controls. But- and it's a movie starring Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd. But in the movie's defense, the- yeah. they inserted a plot that i don't oh, yeah, think yeah. exists in exit to eden like the fu- the whole hilarious thing about it i would say thus far is like it's like someone read exit to eden and was like oh man this would make a good movie mm-hmm. but we really need to add like a plot to make it palatable to mainstream audiences so that's what they so did so let's throw dan Aykroyd <laughs> and rosie o'donnell well and, and make make some kind of like undercover plot undercover cop plot so we're gonna watch that we're gonna figure out how it will either do like um have the auto audio streaming but there's weird like copyright rules that we can't uh, really uh-huh. do or we'll watch it and then recap for you guys yeah. because 
it needs to be done. Uh-huh. Uh, we all agree. I'm, I'm excited about it. She shouldn't be because we've seen some of Dan Aykroyd's fine yeah. work in the late 80s. You and, know what? You know, I enjoyed Coneheads not- immensely. So. Yeah, but do not tell me nothing but trouble was good. It was not good. It was horrid. Okay, so let's get on to this smut. So we read Exit to Eden by Anne Rampling, a.k.a. Anne Rice, a.k.a. Anne whatever (laughs) Um, and so we read chapters one through eight for this podcast uh for this episode so let's let's dive right in now i gotta for some reason i can't like click the right window i want i have to like minimize everything and then like reopen shit okay here we are chapter one Oh, and we also have three dogs in the room uh-huh. today, so you'll hear, frisky. you'll hear a little moped. Krieger wants to play. Nobody wants to play with him. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, chapter one, Exit to Eden. We're introduced to Lisa, our main female character, our mm-hmm. female lead, and she works slash founded Eden, um, or whatever the island's called. Mm-hmm. I call we can it assume. Eden. I assume yeah. it's called Eden. She never actually or, oh, well, it's called, to it as It's always, Eden. it's the club. Like, yeah. capital C, the club. But I just assume it's called Eden because the book's right. exit to Eden. Right, that would make sense. And so we learn she's a thin, she's thin and she's a brunette. Uh, we don't, I'm beautiful, I guess. Yeah, we don't know what Eden is really yet. But she designed most of the setup of Eden. Mm-hmm. So she's she's got stuff. And so she tells us in this like preliminary chapter that the story she's about to tell took place both on the island and elsewhere. So the setup of Eden is, um, since I don't know if you guys read this book and were just listening to us, it's an I- it's an island. Uh-huh. It's its own private island, right? Like, I, which I it's like probably somewhere in the Bahamas. Yeah, I guess. like it's tropical. Can, somewhere you, where you can cheaply buy an island. Yeah, but not like cheaply buy an island off of like the Canadian coast. It's like a tropical right. island. Mm-hmm. It's warm. Um. So that's nice, chapter one. And then chapter two, we have Lisa flying into the island. And it's like, she has to circle a lot in order to land. I don't mm-hmm. know. Aviation. That's a thing. <laughs> um, and so she's kind of talking about the sex slave trade, which made me a little uncomfy. Yeah. It's kind of weird to just re- straight up refer to people as slaves. But yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not in the BDSM community, so maybe yeah. it's so way more normal. A, I don't necessarily think we need a trigger warning for this, but there's a lot of talk of slaves, but in mm-hmm. a sexual manner, and everybody's consenting. Right. Wink, wink. Apparently, they say. Right. Like, they've signed a contract. They're committed. Mm. I don't know if it's gone into it at this point, but, like, definitely this section, it goes into how, like, they sign a contract. They're getting paid for their mm. work. This book came out in 85 and i think they got paid a hundred grand a hundred grand for two years so that's like 50 grand a year but in like 1985 money i also thought it was hilarious that they keep referring to like movies on disc like laser laser disc disc. (laughs) (laughs) which i wonder is like was that like more flashy and impressive back then probably (laughs) maybe i mean Marie and I are 80s babies, but we're not like late co- 80s. Yeah, we're not co- cognizant 80s babies. Yeah. We were two years of the 80s around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't understand this highfalutin, fast 80s mm-hmm. lifestyle that they're, that Lisa yeah. is living. It just makes, if you've ever seen SLC Punk, it makes me think of like, they. there's this weird German guy who likes to just show off his stuff <laughs> and he's like showing, it was like, it's a laser disc. <laughs> there's a movie on there. And that's like all I can think of every time they bring up laser discs. So but there's, there's that. There's a movie on that. <laughs> there's a movie on that. Um, 
So Lisa's just kind of talking about her life and she actually was away on vacation because I imagine one wants to get away from the sex island from time mm-hmm. to time. I'd want to, like, you got to give it a rest, you know, like the yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like it also it sounds like she doesn't look forward to her quote unquote vacation either. Well, no, because it's one of those vacations like when you're on a vacation from college and you have to go back to your parents house. So it's you're. Yeah. And you're just basically like you revert back to being like a 16 year old and you're just like, mom, I don't want (laughs) to. But then they also feed you and let you do your laundry there. Which is great. I love that. But then also you're just you just forget to how to take care of yourself completely. You're just uh, like we're I'm hungry. Go get food. Bow. <laughs> so she she doesn't like going to visit uh, her family and she is from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I for me San Francisco has always been really fucking expensive, so I'm assuming it's still pretty fucking right, expensive. Right. I think in the it's 80s. like or Berkeley. I think yeah, she well, says. Both areas way, yeah, like the are Bay really area, like yeah. they've always been pricey from what I understand. Right. But I could be wrong. Like maybe it wasn't as insane as it is now. But yeah. Yeah. But even like if you have a hovel in San Francisco, you can sell it for like a million now and you're just Right. I don't want to talk about the housing market. <laughs> It gives me the sads, <laughs> the real big sads. So yeah, she's kind of talking about how she's 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 not digging her vacations as much as she used to, and and she misses like living her best life at the club. Right. Well, and I get the sense that like she maybe feels like she can't truly be herself yeah. at home. Well, and I think that's another the another aspect of like going home during college. Right. Yeah, where like you're, you're doing of... all this stuff on your own for the first time. You're drinking, right. you're cursing, you're doing the drugs. <laughs> and the then, drugs. The drugs. And then you come home and you can't drink, you can't curse, and you can't do the drugs. So you're just kind of like, well, I, I guess I just, this is why I'm laying yeah. here. You must bring me my sandwich like <laughs> with a crust cut uh-huh. off. But at the same time, I'm sorry. I don't care how open your family is. You don't want to bring your BDSM yeah, work home with fair. you when you're visiting your parents. That's like, fair. I don't like how could you imagine somebody whose dad bringing that up with them? So uh, how's your work doing there? <laughs> Did you whip any whip any men last week? <laughs> Or, I mean, conversely, maybe they could be kind of proud. Just like, yeah, honey, no one, no honey, one fucks I found over out my a new, daughter. I, I found up a new knot. Would you like me to show you for your work? <laughs> I've been reading into them yeah. there. Anal plays. Do you want me to... <laughs> I, I saved the article. Would you like me to... <laughs> Read it in, in time. Time, you know? <laughs> I clipped it for you. I hear there's a hurricane coming, though, but I think you could do some sort of lockdown. I don't know why her dad's Midwestern in this. Yeah. You can do some sort of, you know, lockdown event, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Make it fun. Make it part of the theme. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, I get why you wouldn't want to be yourself if yourself was a dominatrix in front of your parents. Yeah. It could be a little awkward. Uh-huh. And also, like, San Francisco's humid, Marie. And leather and dominatrix stuff. Okay, well, that's well, why I have issues. Okay, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it later. With okay. the whole book. Um, so chapter three. So much like um, 
beautiful bastard. This book is broken up to alternating female perspective, male perspective. Mm -hmm. So we get our male perspective introduced in chapter three. And our male perspective is Elliot. And he's a photojournalist. And he just decides he wants to be a slave. I get that he's he's bi, but I get that he's more on the boy side of bi. Right, like on the spectrum, he's more into men. Yeah, it seems like all of his relationships that he describes are more men, Mm -hmm. men leaning. Right. And he's also from the Berkeley area. He's also a rich kid, which makes sense because let's be real, photojournalism is hard. You gotta have them connections. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like that. I don't know. Sidebar. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like that's like the truth with a lot of kind of like liberal arts type shit. Yeah. Publishing the art community, all that. It's kind of more like you gotta have. You come from money, and people yeah. sort of expect that you have money. I well, guess apparently, it's a lot of a uh, classist bullshit. Yeah. That we could go into, but we're not in a classist uh, bullshit podcast. We have a smut podcast. Still not an inch of it. Uh, (laughs) So Elliot decides he wants to be a slave. So we learned about a a bit about his background. Comes from a wealthy family and was trained to be a slave in the Bay Area by an older man. I cast, I can't remember his name, but Jerry, Jeremy Irons is who (laughs) I would cast. Yeah. I forget his name too, but he. Malcolm? Perhaps. Or something. It's like very, like, kind of yeah. like Britishy yeah. sort of thing. Uh huh. Refined, fancy. Yes. I imagine he yeah. wears a smoking jacket all the time. So, this is how he ends up signing a two year contract for the island. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, his master, his master that was training him, didn't feel like kind of knew he was ready but also didn't want to give him up to the island was the impression i got mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. he like, hey, wasn't you don't have to sign this is a contract for two, two years fucking years dude and the other thing is it's he wasn't in the slave community for bare, very long it seems like he was elliot was only in it for like six months before he decided well you know what i'm gonna commit to two years right because like there was that's like, this rich whole... kid thinking right there i'm sorry it is <laughs> there was this whole thing though like i think to make make it make sense like he did describe he had like this whole fantasy of basically exactly what the island is yeah but at the same time that's rich kid thinking maybe like, like what on. could go wrong what could go wrong daddy will get me out of it it's fine uh so we're still in chapter three and Elliot's kind of describing how he got to the island. So he was given an address to a dock. He goes to the dock. He gets put on a yacht, which must be, I'm sorry, one fucking huge yeah, yacht. A mega yacht. It's a mega yacht. Cause so everybody on the yacht has their own private cabin with their own bathroom, which seems like a lot. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. Like when you think like, about like, that's like. 50 bathrooms we'll later find out that there's about 50 slaves on this yacht right but i just i just i just realized like it could be like multiple yachts but either Mm -hmm. way that's a lot of bedrooms and bathrooms Uh uh-huh and crew it's a mini cruise ship it's a mini cruise okay ship. i assume like the crew they probably have like shared bathrooms and stuff but yeah it's like he's put in this room he's not allowed to leave for the entire week or whatever but it's he's take allowed to to laser discs but he has laser discs <laughs> yes 
Um, and in this, there's a movie on there. There's a movie on there. It, in this chapter, so in Lisa's previous chapter, when she was talking about her vacation, she talked about watching some weird ass movie about New York gypsies and how she was like mesmerized by it. And so when they're on the yacht, like they're given a bunch of laser discs and and (laughs) Elliot's just like, oh my God, what's this brand new movie about these weird ass gypsies in New York? And he's like, this really resonates with me. And so you can clearly see they're trying to make some sort like. And like, I feel like yeah. I feel like someone picked out this movie deliberately, and I feel a connection to that. So she's trying to really connect, create uh-huh. this connection between the two characters, like it's a, at a deeper level. Even though he doesn't really like women as much as he likes men. Well, and I feel like, well, it kind of almost hints that maybe he's like truly terrified uh-huh. of being dominated by a woman for some mm-hmm. reason. Like maybe it'll go into it more later. Um, but yeah, yeah, like for whatever reason that just like really bothers him. So, um, yeah, there, he's kept in the whole, like in his room, locked up for a while. And then when they get closer to the island, he is stripped down naked and left to the cargo hold. And there's a lot of like, I feel like there's chains above them. Like I imagine like cattle situations where mm. they, they hook their hands Right, to kind of keep them in place or whatever. They're all naked. Penises are everywhere. Vaginas (laughs) are everywhere. Boobs are out. Boobs, just boob, boob, boob. Boob. That was four boobs. (laughs) Uh, So, and they're blindfolded the whole time, so they don't know where they are. And finally, they arrive at the island, and then they're all kind of like ushered off of a boat like cattle, Mm -hmm. more or less. Uh, then we're in chapter four, and it's Lisa's chapter. So Lisa's plane finally lands, and she's like, God damn it, that's cutting it close. I have to go see the new slaves. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Like, she has admin work that she has to do. She's like uh, HR. <laughs> she is. And she's just like, got all this fucking paperwork. Like, ugh. And so we meet Lisa's, like, slave, Diana. So Lisa has, like, I think two main slaves that take care of her. There was the one dude mm, whose mm-hmm. name I can't remember, and Diana. And so they kind of look over her. And Lisa looks over the files of the 50 incoming slaves, and she sees Elliot right away, and she's like, I need this one. And she always right. gets first choice. Uh huh. That's Yeah, that's her thing. It's like she gets dibs. Yeah, w- because, you know, she founded the island. Uh, so she actually knows... Martin, Elliot's trainer. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I knew it was an M. And so that triggers a flashback for her. And we get a flashback to when she was first a slave to some rando when she was 16, which sounds like her whole, the whole way she got into this community seems immensely sketched to me. And you can't not think it's it's sketch. She was 16. Yeah. I don't really care that it was the 80s. It's still sketch it's as hell. It's still super sketch. She was 16. She met some weird weirdo at a coffee shop. Right. Or if, was it a bookstore? I, th- I feel like it was no, like it was she was like. the second time, I feel uh, like. Okay. But I think she was at like at a coffee shop and he was just like, hey. I see you're in. I feel like you might be into this. Yeah. So. And so he like dominated her and shit. And then she like put ads in a paper she found an ad in the paper which referenced the story of oh which was a book she just read so she applied and then 
that guy apparently took her to like this house in the country and mm-hmm. trained her up. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where what are her parents doing excuse me why is my 16 year old having weird fucking <laughs> sex in her or it was like there was like a whole thing like i don't know if she must have been like 17 or 18 at the time her she was like okay i'm committed like i'm signed up to like be a slave for this certain amount of time yeah but i gotta be done because i have to be back in time to start college it's like no how did you explain that one to your parents yeah. like maybe she's i'm gonna go be a counselor at a camp it'll well, look good on a is, resume it's kind of new because her parents were always just like oh God, yeah don't like this right yeah like the dad saw like some of her books and he's like God, like that's just not decent or something yeah, like he makes like some not, comment about being disappointed decent at this point it's being taken advantage of by yeah. an older person like she got into this so young i can't think it was her it's 16 we all do stupid shit yeah and i just even 18 even you're 33 yeah you still do stupid (laughs) shit but the fact that she built her life on these decisions and i understand it's her sexual proclivity right however (sighs) you're 16 when you started this girl like just wait a couple more years mm-hmm. at least wait a couple of years before you buy a fucking island or i don't or the people getting involved with her because i don't want to put all the blame on her if she was only no, 16 no. not all the blame should be on her and like none just, of the blame really because she blame, was a no, child she was 16 she was a child and they just kept on like attaching themselves to her but to be honest if i was 17 and somebody offered me like 20 grand for the summer to go be a slave i'd be like maybe (laughs) (laughs) i'll think about it although there are some elements that i don't like about slavery in anne rice books Uh uh-huh mainly it's the knees every book anne rice writes they're crawling around on their goddamn knees in every sort of like right surface like it just which okay so like i was thinking about it before coming over to record today i was like okay so like on the one hand they're like you know sometimes they're on carpet and yeah. she like specifically mentions in this book like oh they're on like nice plush carpet you're still gonna get rug burns but i guess it's like one calluses and then two i was thinking of like like okay so like i'm just from like personal experience when i used to do like pole dancing classes uh-huh. for fun like you do kind of like desensitize your nerve endings but it's beyond that that's yeah. on the cartilage and on the joint yeah no, so that's why like want that happening you, you gotta retire as a slave <laughs> yeah. by like 28 well your I, knees are just shot i feel like it's especially bad in sleeping beauty because it's a lot of cobblestone. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> and like thick. stone, stone floors. <laughs> I mean, at least an exit to Eden and in Lisa's backstory, they specifically say, it. oh, you don't have to crawl on the hard floors. Mm-hmm. You just have to crawl on the carpeted area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Also, why don't you just carpet everything? Why do you even right? Why yeah. yeah. I have paths with carpet. Some knee pads? I don't know. Knee pads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so she's that's Lisa kind of learned from Martin, I think. See, I don't know if Martin's the one she was trained with. I get the sense that he is, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't say explicitly, but I get the sense that he is. So she kind of trusts Martin's. And so the fact that Elliot was trained by Martin kind Mm -hmm. of is an added bonus, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. So that's great. And so back in the present, she has to go talk to her business partner, Richard, about something before she can pick out her new slave. So they go do that. Um, which, like, paperwork, blah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So chapter five is in Elliot's perspective again. And so Elliot is kind of, like, paraded through the grounds with the other slaves. Like, they're naked. Anne Rice has a thing about s- slaves having their hands behind their neck. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, like, a BDSM thing or if that's an Anne Rice thing. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to do some research. <laughs> because, like, in every book she writes, that is the supplicant yeah. slave position, is hands behind the neck, which I don't... I don't think it's particularly comfortable. I don't particularly think it shows off the goods. Well, I mean, I don't think BDSM is supposed to be comfortable. No, but, but it doesn't show off the goods. Like, if you wanted the boobs out, your position right. would be behind, behind the back, your back, not behind That's your true, neck. which sometimes they are. Yeah. But, I yeah, it's just, mostly, yeah, that's kind of like the default. Like, your legs are supposed to be spread super wide, yeah. your hands clasped behind your neck. So that's how he's paraded through the grounds and shown off to all the people at the club. So, yeah, he's paraded around the grounds. I, I imagine, like, a country club, although I've never been to a country club because, you know, I'm brown. Yeah. <laughs> they don't let our kind in there. But I assume it's, like, a country club with, like, fancy people and hats mm-hmm. and shit. Um... Except fancy people in hats and shit, but all the waiters are naked. Mm-hmm. Wear like leather daddy type stuff. I just imagine they have yeah. the harnesses. Well, I imagine like if you ask for a hot towel after dinner, they have it on their dick, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um. So before, so after he like parades around the grounds, they're all presented to the club in like some sort yeah. of like. Like an auction, auction kind of, or like pre-auction, auction, it's pre-auction, kinda, yeah. And it's like, so, let's introduce you to this year's crop of new slaves. Woo, pew, 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 pew. But for some reason, like he's super embarrassed by this, and that's what I don't understand about like Elliot in general in the book because he has so much trepidation about being a slave. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you signed the, the contract. This is what this is for. Right. Take it in. Like, I don't understand. But I guess, like, going against his masters is also a way to, like, feel right, some then he sort get, of rise. Yeah, and then he kind of, you know, he gets the punishment and yeah. all that. So it's like, yeah, it's a weird thing. And then I think, like, the whole thing behind BDSM is, like, even if you're in that submissive role, you still kind of have a lot of power because mm. you consented to all of it which True. i mean like in this like you know it gets a little weird because i'm like no there's no like discussion of safe words and like no, no, limits or anything not, like that because just... it's it's the fantasy of just like oh i'm just like uh, consenting to whatever and but you know in the book but yeah, yeah i think that's kind of part of it or i get yeah like you said and it kind of it shows up in sleeping beauty somewhat um mm. just the whole idea of like no but i want to be punished yeah, and I don't know if El- Elliot necessarily wants to be punished, though. That's the other thing. I don't know if he... W- because he shows all this resistance to going up on stage, and then once he's on stage, he's all like, Hey, baby! I'm gonna blow kisses. Yeah. I'm gonna do a little dance. Like, I'm gonna make... Look at my dick, look at my dick. Like, he's like... Mm-hmm. I made way too much eye contact with Marie when I said that. <laughs> but, like, he's showing off. And I'm I waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> and I don't necessarily 
think he associated his hamming it up with getting punished though right. and that's the thing that i think is weird about him is he doesn't think his actions have consequences right or which yeah, i guess go back to being the rich kid right is like oh maybe you didn't think this all the way through yeah bud. like but that's yeah so i don't know or it's like a subconscious thing mm -hmm. where it's like he wasn't even thinking about it but it was like a subconsciously like oh i'm gonna get fucked up for this later in the best way or it's just one of those things where i'm gonna control the narrative and the way i can control the right. narrative is by not being submissive in this situation mm -hmm. right and so that's the end of elliot's chapter it does get him in trouble his hamming it up and like being like hey girl blowing mm -hmm. kisses and stuff he gets um pride written on his chest oh right like proud slave proud in slave. like grease yeah. pencil and so that's the end of Elliot's chapter. Now we go to Lisa's chapter, uh, chapter six. So she goes to talk to Richard, who's the co-boss of the club. And Richard is having a problem with one of the new guests. Um, so he wants Lisa's, like, opinion on it. Because mm -hmm. one of the new guests doesn't exactly know what to do with the slaves. And the new guest is Jerry McAllister. I get like he's, I'm not going to say Steve Jobs, but he's basically <laughs> like a Steve Jobs type. He's uh, all like in tech and Palo Alto and bullshit uh, he's like probably that. like, oh, I have all this fuck you money. Yeah. This is what I'm going <laughs> to do with it. get a fucking slave on this island. Um, so Lisa's just like, I don't want to deal with this motherfucker. Like, I got shit to do. I saw this new slave I want to get. Like, I just landed. Send somebody else to go deal with him and like he'll figure it out so she sends uh monica to go help jerry with his slave and then richard is apparently a savant when it comes to guessing who everybody wants as their new slave mm -hmm. <laughs> and so richard's like i know who you want <laughs> it's elliot and she's like no it's not okay, like, me. Yeah, it okay me it is <laughs> and so he guesses correctly, and Lisa's just like, I hate you, but I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> You're right, but fuck you fuck for being you, right about me. Um, and then they meet up with Scott, who is another owner of the club, and he tells Lisa that Elliot was a bad boy on the mm -hmm. stage, and she's just like, good, maybe. Kind of, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so chapter seven is in Elliot's perspective once again. Um, El they're taken to some like glass room atrium situation where they like parade the new slaves to the, all the new handlers and stuff like that. It's weird. Um, so everybody's watching him. Richard goes in and like chastises him and is like, this slave it's been bad it's been a real bad boy what am i gonna mm. do i'm gonna spank him i'm gonna <laughs> spank him um and then he he punishes him so he punishes him so he's punishing there's like more than one slave that was bad at the little like look at all mm -hmm. the slaves dance that happened right like some people who like freaked out uh -huh. and was like no i don't want to do this again, anymore i don't understand you've been paid for this and been paid very well so i'd just be like yeah. so maybe it's just like not fully realizing the implication or again it's just yeah i don't know yeah it's that weird thing of if this were to happen in real life like a a good decent 
like normal person maybe like a dom would be like okay okay we're done we're i'm done, not we're done, you. We're done. like but, there would be a safe word and be like right i'm not touching you you're we're good i <sighs> but again like i think it, that's kind of part yeah. of the appeal is that like oh like there's really well, no they, way out because i'm on a fucking island yeah well and they sign the contract and uh-huh. they know no physical harm can come to them because uh-huh. i believe that's part of the contract yeah. like skin cannot break Right, but like they're not the going to be burnt or cut up yeah, or mangled record, in any way. Yeah, but for the record, you can fuck some people up with not breaking skin, like making you a bleed. You can break their minds. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they, that's what they can do here. Um, so yeah, Richard's chastising and punishing all the people who were all horrible during mm-hmm. the little... For whatever reasons. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Lisa's just like, hey, don't punish him. He's mine. And Richard's like, nope, that's not the point. Oh, yeah. Because the I point point, yeah, is, Richard, Richard is like the main like admin uh-huh. in terms of like discipline. Yeah. And and Richard's just like, yeah, but that's not what we do here. He's not. That goes against. Yet. That's the whole point yeah, of this place. Like he's we didn't assign slaves yet, ma'am. So just calm down. And she's like, just give this one to me. He's like, just let me do my job, Lisa. <laughs> and Richard and Lisa's like, no, fuck you, Richard. And Rich- fuck you, Lisa. <laughs> and finally, Richard's like, you owe me. <laughs> and gives him like a reduced duty, uh-huh. basically. Um, so there is definite tension between Richard and Lisa, which might play out later. I don't yeah. know. We'll I could see. see that. I have some predictions. Um, and then chapter eight, we have Lisa. So she remembers more about her past in chapter eight. She remembers her first trainer, Jean Paul. Ooh, Jean Paul. And, and her first master. And how he wanted to keep her, but she didn't want to be consumed by it. So this is when she first started um, being a slave. And it was between. I assume graduating high school and going into college. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you don't, you can go to college still. I'll let you go to class and stuff. Hey, you go to class in the mornings and you uh-huh. come back here and be my slave. It's Which, cool. Like, if I didn't like, I had a pretty okay scholarship going to college, but if that was an option, <laughs> I mean, I was like, cool. I also don't have to pay living expenses. Yeah. She doesn't have, she, he, he was like, my driver will drive you in every morning. You live here. I feed you. I sex you up real good the way you like. <laughs> but like, yeah, sign me up, whatever your name is. Um, but she was like, no, I don't want this to take over my life. And now you fast forward like 10 years and it's clearly it's taking over, over her goddamn life. <laughs> um, then she gets like a little knocky knock from Mike, who is one of her other main slaves and put her to bed earlier before she started thinking about her past. And Mike's like, hey, so... Um, we need you in the office. There's an emergency. Uh, apparently somebody's claiming to be underage. So that's kind of where we leave chapter eight, where we know it in theory, in this perfect sex slave world that Anne Rice is making us live in. Mm-hmm. Apparently that can't happen. Like they're very right, well vetted. Yeah, exactly. They're very well vetted. So, Lisa's just kind of like, well, fuck this shit. That's not true. But let's go check it out anyway, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how our section ended. Uh, n- again, not a lot of sex. Yeah, I think it's all like very like teased 
I guess you could say, or like if you're into I mean, BDSM, was, maybe it's like, oh, if you're people getting BDMS, spanked and maybe, being naked but they, and... there was spanking and some nakedness. I guess mm-hmm. there was something when she was doing one of her flashbacks to how she got into it and she was in that right, guy's house. Right. Or like, yeah, I think it's like the first one, it was kind of like more loose. It was just like with one guy. And then I think like another guy got brought in yeah. for other hookups. So, but I just, I honestly don't feel it was that smutty, especially yeah, compared it's... to like claiming of sleeping beauty, which was just like, right. Oh, she's getting fucked. Well, okay right? then he slipped his penis into her vagina. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it doesn't actually go there. But I also think that's more for developing a plot. Yeah. Because I feel like this is is going to be Mm -hmm. a bigger plot than the Reclaiming of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Because when you think of Reclaiming of Sleeping Beauty in particular, you already know the man the myth the legend of sleeping beauty. (laughs) (laughs) So you like you get like that backstory. And you necessarily don't care about the weird BDSM kingdom backstory. Mm it's kind of like what the fuck yeah what the fuck but like this you're trying to understand Mm -hmm. and i swear to god if they don't do cocaine at some point in this book i'm gonna be so disappointed why why cocaine specifically because we're in the middle it's Uh, 1985 there needs to be coke there needs to be some wolf of wall street bullshit going on um oh shit what what are illegal now um what are illegal now? No, those pi- those pills that are illegal now. Um, no um, shit. God damn it! And I don't have my phone. She doesn't know. But yeah, but you know, yeah, there was like a whole scene where Leonardo DiCaprio was like crawling on the ground. Fun fact: Never actually watched <gasps> Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh, I, well, I should like that scene made me laugh, cry. <laughs> it was good. Um, but, but yeah, no, no, I think there were these pills that I think were meant to, like, calm you down or, like, make you mm-hmm. sleep. But if you, like, fought through it, you would just get, like, super high. That's how I feel with a lot of edibles, though, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I can't sleep. <laughs> That's a good idea. It's like, High five me. Fair. Fair. Um, so, okay, let's do predictions really quick. So I think Jerry McAllister, the one who didn't know how to handle his slaves, is going to come into play. Mm-hmm somehow because i feel like in erotic books in particular you never drop a full name of a character unless they come into play later like jerry m McAllister the third esquire let me give you two lines of backstory so you'll just be like that motherfucker he's back so jerry McAllister's gonna come back okay and i think he's gonna do something like like bad like nasty bad okay like to get him kicked off the island like you are not the guy for this kind of place or any kind of place like he's gonna be like more sadomasochistic he should be in the movie hostel yeah like he's gonna cut up elliot yeah and then lisa's gonna like come to elliot's rescue because his penis is like dangling by a little thread. She's like, no, no, I don't. I don't think it'll go that far. I'm gonna make that prediction. I don't think it'll go Ouch. that far. <laughs> I think Marie you're wrong. Doesn't believe in how kinky Anne Rice can be. No, but I mean, I could definitely see maybe as like, no, you don't get the spirit of this place. Yeah. You gotta go. Um, I think he. I think Jeremy McAllister is definitely gonna take it too far. I think in the end. Lisa and Elliot are going to end up together. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's, but it's pretty it's pretty heavy handed in that regard. Yeah, but I also feel like isn't that going against what they both are to an extent? And well, I would, 
I, okay. I don't know. I'd also kind of want to see how Lisa became a master instead of a slave. Right. Like, that's another big thing for me because I feel like she clearly was into that slave lifestyle and then suddenly she's not into that slave, li- slave lifestyle anymore. <coughs> and you just kind of be like, me. I don't think that's something that happens often. I don't know. Or it's like, I think... Well, maybe it was okay. So, like, there's this whole thing where she seems like ill at ease in her life back home, but then she like gets back to the club and she's still kind of restless. So, I think it's kind of this hinting at something is missing, some kind of. So I don't she know. Get, she gonna go straight is what you're telling me. Maybe or not straight or like so that's why like she needs Elliot because he's into this whole sadomasochistic thing. But maybe she, she needs love or I don't know. Like there's no, like she maybe needs something Elliot's with- family's money. That's what she sure needs. sure why yeah, not? That's what I'm I'm saying, Lisa. I'm calling you out, you fake character. Uh, but anyway, next time we're gonna be reading chapters nine through fourteen. Wait, we did eight chapters this time. Seventeen. So stopping at seventeen. Stopping at seventeen. Okay. We are going to be reading those chapters. We're going to have to take notes because I was thinking with G-Spot, totally <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> it was like, oh, there's like three chapters left. Whoops. I mean, I feel like, so we're recording this and we haven't finished G-Spot yet. So the timeline, the timeline doesn't work. <laughs> we're from the future, <laughs> kind of. But anyway, chapter nine uh-huh. through chapter 17. We'll read or- through sa- chapter 17. It'll okay, so stopping at 18. Stopping at 18. Okay. And it's it's on. Stopping at 18. And I swear to God, if there isn't any P and V in these next couple of chapters, I don't. You're going to do nothing about it because it's a book that's already been written and you can't change it. Marie? Yeah. With that kind of attitude? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. Okay, after you feed me first. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.